Chapter Seven of the Mayflower and Miscellaneous Writings by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Mayflower and Miscellaneous Writings by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Chapter Seven. Frankness there is one kind of frankness which is the result of perfect unsuspiciousness and which requires a measure of ignorance of the world and of life this kind appeals to our generosity and tenderness there is another which is the frankness of a strong but pure mind acquainted with life clear in its discrimination and upright in its intention yet above disguise or concealment this kind excites respect the first seems to proceed simply from impulse, the second from impulse and reflection united. The first proceeds in a measure from ignorance, the second from knowledge. The first is born from an undoubting confidence in others, the second from a virtuous and well-grounded reliance on oneself now if you suppose that this is the beginning of a sermon or of a fourth of july oration you are very much mistaken though i must confess it hath rather an uncertain sound i merely prefaced it to a little sketch of character which you may look at if you please though i am not sure you will like it it was said of alice h that she had the mind of a man the heart of a woman and the face of an angel a combination that all my readers will think peculiarly happy there never was a woman who was so unlike the mass of society in her modes of thinking and acting yet so generally popular but the most remarkable thing about her was her proud superiority to all disguise in thought word and deed she pleased you for she spoke out a hundred things that you would conceal and spoke them with a dignified assurance that made you wonder that you had ever hesitated to say them yourself nor did this unreserve appear like the weakness of one who could not conceal or like a determination to make war on the forms of society it was rather a calm well-guided integrity regulated by a just sense of propriety knowing when to be silent but speaking the truth when it spoke at all her extraordinary frankness often beguiled superficial observers into supposing themselves fully acquainted with her long before they were so as the beautiful transparency of some lakes is said to deceive the eye as to their depth yet the longer you knew her the more variety and compass of character appeared through the same transparent medium but you may just visit miss alice for half an hour to-night and judge for yourselves you may walk into this little parlour there sits miss alice on the sofa sewing a pair of lace sleeves into a satin dress in which peculiarly angelic employment she may persevere till we have finished another sketch do you see that pretty little lady with sparkling eyes elastic form and beautiful hand and foot sitting opposite to her she is a belle the character is written in her face it sparkles from the eye it dimples in her smile it pervades the whole woman but there alice has risen and is gone to the mirror and is arranging the finest auburn hair in the world in the most tasteful manner the little lady watches every motion as comically as a kitten watches a pinball it is all in vain to deny it alice you are really anxious to look pretty this evening said she i certainly am said alice quietly 
ay and you hope you shall please mr a and mr b said the little accusing angel certainly i do said alice as she twisted her fingers in a beautiful curl well i would not tell of it alice if i did then you should not ask me said alice i declare alice and what do you declare i never saw such a girl as you are very likely said alice stooping to pick up a pin well for my part said the little lady i never would take any pains to make anybody like me particularly a gentleman i would said alice if they would not like me without why alice i should not think you were so fond of admiration i like to be admired very much said alice returning to the sofa and i suppose everybody else does i don't care about admiration said the little lady i would be as well satisfied that people shouldn't like me as that they should then cousin i think it's a pity we all like you so well said alice with a good-humoured smile if miss alice had penetration she never made a severe use of it but really cousin said the little lady i should not think such a girl as you would think anything about dress or admiration and all that i don't know what sort of girl you think i am said alice but for my own part i only pretend to be a common human being and am not ashamed of common human feelings if god has made us so that we love admiration why should we not honestly say so i love it you love it everybody loves it and why should not everybody say it why yes said the little lady i suppose everybody has a has a a general love for admiration i am willing to acknowledge that i have but but you have no love for it in particular said alice i suppose you mean to say that is just the way the matter is commonly disposed of everybody is willing to acknowledge a general wish for the good opinion of others but half the world are ashamed to own it when it comes to a particular case now i have made up my mind that if it is correct in general it is correct in particular and i mean to own it both ways but somehow it seems mean said the little lady it is mean to live for it to be selfishly engrossed in it but not mean to enjoy it when it comes or even to seek it if we neglect no higher interest in doing so all that god made us to feel is dignified and pure unless we pervert it but alice i never heard any person speak out so frankly as you do almost all that is innocent and natural may be spoken out and as for that which is not innocent and natural it ought not even to be thought but can everything be spoken that may be thought said the lady no we have an instinct which teaches us to be silent sometimes but if we speak at all let it be in simplicity and sincerity now for instance alice said the lady it is very innocent and natural as you say to think this that and the other nice thing of yourself especially when everybody is telling you of it now would you speak the truth if any one asked you on this point if it were a person who had a right to ask and if it were a proper time and place i would said alice well then said the bright lady i ask you alice in this very proper time and place do you think that you are handsome now i suppose you expect me to make a curtsy to every chair in the room before i answer said alice but dispensing with that ceremony i will tell you fairly i think i am do you think that you are good not entirely said alice well but don't you think you are better than most people as far as i can tell i think i am better than some people but really cousin i don't trust my own judgment in this matter said alice 
well alice one more question do you think james martyrs likes you or me best i do not know said alice i did not ask you what you knew but what you thought said the lady you must have some thought about it well then i think he likes me best said alice just then the door opened and in walked the identical james martyrs alice blushed looked a little comical and went on with her sewing while the little lady began really mr james i wish you had come a minute sooner to hear alice's confessions what has she confessed why that she is handsomer and better than most folks that's nothing to be ashamed of said james oh that's not all she wants to look pretty and loves to be admired and all it sounds very much like her said james looking at alice oh but besides that said the lady she has been preaching a discourse in justification of vanity and self-love and next time you shall take notes when i preach said alice for i don't think your memory is remarkably happy you see james said the lady that alice makes it a point to say exactly the truth when she speaks at all and i've been puzzling her with questions i really wish you would ask her some and see what she will say but mercy there is uncle c come to take me to ride i must run and off flew the little hummingbird leaving james and alice tete-a-tete there really is one question said james clearing his voice alice looked up there is one question alice which i wish you would answer alice did not inquire what the question was but began to look very solemn and just then the door was shut and so i never knew what the question was only i observed that james martyrs seemed in some seventh heaven for a week afterwards and you can finish it for yourself lady end of chapter seven frankness